What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, okay. hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. of wrestling brought to you today and powered by the irw network head on over to irwnetwork.com and every monday get a brand new episode of the triple threat podcast featuring the franchise shane douglas and the two-man power trip of wrestling released every single monday featuring current events professional wrestling and a little segment we called Ask Franchise Anything, where listeners submit questions for Shane Douglas to answer. And as always with the franchise, there are no punches pulled, and it is a raw, uncensored look into the world of an ECW champion, an ECW original, the franchise Shane Douglas, and it's only over on the IRW Network. So get on over to irwnetwork.com and listen to that show immediately. 
after you finish today's episode, because if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today we welcome back one of our absolute favorite guests, one of our absolute favorite people in the entire wrestling business, the innovator of violence, and actually a very, very, very big-time opponent of our good friend Shane Douglas, the one and only Tommy Dreamer joins the show once again, but this time to promote some huge shows coming up for the House of Hardcore promotion that Tommy Dreamer runs in both New Jersey and Pennsylvania. First, on Friday night, August the 11th, at iPlay America in Freehold, New Jersey, and then on Saturday night, following the gigantic Icons of Wrestling Convention at the ECW Arena. It's House of Hardcore again, but this time with a special, very cool, and unique twist as Tommy Dreamer has a ton of surprises in store for that Philadelphia crowd on Saturday, August 12th, and it's all going down there at houseofhardcore.net, so please go and check that out and listen to today's episode here with the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, as we talk about a litany of topics, but House of Hardcore being the main one, because this is an absolute amazing promotion that Tommy has put together over the last couple of years, and the way we kind of describe it is it's an independent organization, but it's like an independent organization of every Everybody's dreams because you see so many different kinds of superstars coming through the doors, whether it's a couple really cool cameos, whether it's an uh, absolute mind boggling uh, star filled main event. You see such a wide variety of people on these shows and it goes throughout. Basically, you know, you think of people that have association to Tommy Dreamer. Well, now it's guys that he watched growing up. It's guys that he worked with in ECW, and WWE, and TNA, but now he's also bringing in to House of Hardcore guys that he hired as part of the WWE when he was the head of talent relations. So learning more about House of Hardcore, we, we've talked to Tommy before. We learned a lot the last time he was on, but we only dive even deeper into the world of House of Hardcore in this episode. But we also don't want to sell short that coming up in September... Tommy Dreamer is going to be appearing at our favorite subway location in Kingsburg, New Jersey for the one-year anniversary of that subway location. As we've talked about over the past year, there's been many great appearances that have gone on there featuring Tito Santana and Robbie E. and Tony Atlas. And now Tommy Dreamer is going to join the fray and join the subway club, if you will, as he's going to be down there for a huge one-year anniversary event on Saturday, September 9th, and you're going to hear a ton more about that in the coming weeks because we really want to get as many people as we can down to Subway in Keensburg, New Jersey, beautiful Keensburg, New Jersey, and that's all coming up in a few weeks. But like I said, it's back to the House of Hardcore here with Tommy Dreamer. It's an absolutely amazing ride, what he's gone on, and we're going to hear all the stops. We're going to hear all the big things that have happened and could be coming. So, John, as I welcome you in here, why don't you talk a little bit more about the innovator of violence? Why don't you talk a little bit more about Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore and some of these amazing things that we have to look forward to in today's episode with the returning Tommy Dreamer. Yes, Chad, back at it again at the two-man power trip of wrestling, and we continue the week of extreme as we had Mikey Whipwreck on earlier in the week, and now the innovator of violence himself, Tommy a Dreamer, and he's back for part two, and believe it or not, he's back with a vengeance. 
talking all things House of Hardcore. And like you mentioned, huge weekend for Tommy Dreamer, huge weekend for House of Hardcore as we kick it off. Friday night at iPlay America. Obviously, that is August 11th and August 12th at the ECW Arena, now known as the 2300 Arena, on Saturday night. And, of course, Icons, Collector's Fest, the biggest autograph session in the Northeast, biggest autograph session in the game, the best convention going. That is the Icons Collector's Fest, obviously, earlier in the day on Saturday, right before House of Hardcore. So get your fix of wrestling in Philly for the whole day and hang out with Tommy Dreamer, Jim Ross, Mike Ripwreck, Shane Douglas, and so many other stars. But, of course, you know, with Tommy, we're focusing here on the appearances for House of Hardcore and, of course, making their debut at I Play America. And we're Jersey guys, so anytime, you know, wrestling organizations make their debut in New Jersey, especially at such a beautiful facility like I Play America, an amazing facility, if you haven't been there before, just go there to check it out. It is amazing. And now they're having wrestling shows, they've had concerts, they've had so many cool things and cool events and such you know amazing things going on at that venue. So go out of your way and check it out. And of course, go out of your way to check out Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore, which never, ever disappoints. We talk a lot about House of Hardcore in this interview. We, of course, talk about the comparisons because, you know, it's inevitable when Tommy Dreamer is owning and operating and founding a company that there's going to be some ECW comparisons. So we talk House of Hardcore and ECW comparisons. So right now, there is so much going on in House of Hardcore. Like Tommy likes to say, no politics, no BS, just wrestling. We go all into a detail about what that actual credo means, why he says it, and how it's really, really true to form. It's different than any other independent wrestling organization out there. They're more like an international wrestling organization because we do talk about all their travels, especially a really fun time they had in Australia because that was a huge, huge tour for House of Hardcore. So you're going to get your fill of House of Hardcore in this interview for sure. Tommy is always awesome on our show. You're always going to get some honest, great opinions at him and some great answers. We do talk, of course, about ECW, Paul Heyman, franchise Shane Douglas, Taz, the Dudley Boys. We talk about them all. We also talk about his run in WWE for a little bit, and we do talk a little bit about talent relations. But, you know, one of the uh, big funny stories that came out of this was, obviously, he's got a big appearance down at Subway for the first year anniversary of Subway Keensburg on September 9th. And we got a great story about his daughter and Subway and what he thinks about Subway because he absolutely loves it. And we get a great story about how Subway, yes, the Subway, is better than WrestleMania. So, you know, stay tuned for that because that's very funny. But, you know, like got to mention again, of course, 811, I Play America, 812, 2300 Arena, House of Hardcore. Go to houseofhardcore.net, check it out. Do whatever you can to support Tommy Dreamer and what they're doing at HOH. But right now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the innovator of violence himself, Tommy, a dreamer. Absolutely. And it all goes down this coming weekend. First on Friday night at I Play American Freehold, New Jersey for House of Hardcore in New Jersey. And then it's House of Hardcore in Philly at the 2300 Arena, formerly the ECW Arena on Saturday, August 12th. 
after, of course, the huge icons of wrestling that we will be at in live and in living color with good old JR, Jim Ross, as well as our buddy Shane Douglas, and the great Mikey Whipwreck. It's going to be one hell of a day. There's going to be so much going on in the world of professional wrestling in South Philadelphia on Saturday, August 12th. So please, everybody, get out to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on Saturday. Get out to Freehold, New Jersey on Friday night to the amazing I Play America location and enjoy a little bit of House of Hardcore. And we want to thank Tommy Dreamer for coming back to this show. And we also look forward to seeing him on Saturday, September 9th at the Subway location in Keensburg, New Jersey for their big one-year anniversary event. So, John, with all that being said, why don't you do this? Let's hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to the one and only Tommy Dreamer. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Buff Bagwell, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And if you're on Android, please check us out on Google Play or Player FM. Follow along with a two-man power trip in 2017 as we come to a town near you. TMPT hits the road August 12th at the Icons Collective Fest in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. September 9th, the Subway one-year anniversary in Keensburg, New Jersey with the hardcore icon Tommy Dreamer. October 21st, we hit the Legends of the Ring in New Jersey. November 4th, we hit the big event in New York City. And the big one, the granddaddy of them all, the big guy, Wrestlecade in North Carolina on 1125 with Arn Anderson and Telly Blanchard. There will be a Four Horsemen reunion for sure. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. Without any further ado, a former ECW World Heavyweight Champion, a WWE and ECW icon, he is the innovator of violence, the creator and founder of House of Hardcore, he is Tommy Dreamer. Please enjoy.
Doki. Well, joining us on the line tonight is the man known as the innovator of violence. He is the absolute icon of the world of extreme and, of course, has set forth this brand-new world known as the House of Hardcore, which has slowly but surely put quite the stranglehold on independent professional wrestling. And I couldn't be any happier to welcome back on here to the two-man power trip of wrestling the one and only Tommy Dreamer. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, and I appreciate that very nice intro. And I've never put a stranglehold on anything professional wrestling. We can all get along. Trust me, it can happen. I'm just trying to change this damn business. <laughs> How about a drop toehold onto a steel chair of professional wrestling? How's that sound? Even better. I always take it the opposite side. Different. <laughs> well, Tommy, we got to talk about the big, huge weekend that House of Hardcore has coming up. Obviously, we have August 11th at the amazing building of I Play America in Freehold, New Jersey, and August 12th at the iconic 2300 Arena on August 12th. Two amazing days in a rabid wrestling area of the New Jersey and Philadelphia corridor. But, Tommy, as we look forward to the weekend, how are you feeling moving towards these two huge shows? Uh, I'm feeling uh, weirdly very, very uh, relaxed. There has not really been a bunch of issues like you usually normally have before a show. I spoke to both uh, iPlay and I know the arena. Both shows are doing very, very well uh, with, you know, outreach from fans coming, advanced ticket sales. And uh, which makes my <laughs> risk factor, uh, job factor, very, very cool. Um, the iPlay America, like you said, man, that is an amazing facility. And the coolest thing about it, I actually did an appearance there a while back <clears throat> and we, where I watched Monday Night Raw with fans, and we did a Q&A and all that stuff. And, and some of the most questions were, this is before I ever brought one event to New Jersey, like, hey, when are you going to bring House Hardcore to New Jersey? And people are like, when are you going to bring it here? And then iPlay came up and said, hey, if you ever wanted to do it, and then that's kind of how it went about. So when you have a beautiful venue like that uh, and they are wanting to be with you and come at you like that, I love that stuff. And, you know, that building is really, really cool. It's The food is great. Uh, they have games. It's 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 really like a family entertainment center, and we are going to entertain like no other come Friday night. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you look at the card, of course, on HouseOfHardcore.net, you see what you have to look forward to. To see and imagine the Rock and Roll Express versus the Spirit Squad, I can only say that is the creative genius of Tommy Dreamer, but that is something that without a doubt, uh, I mean, it's, it's, that's a ticket I'm buying right there, the Rock and Roll Express and the Spirit Squad. Is that one of those matches that you just can't wait to see what the finished product looks like? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, uh, for the fact that, one, I get to actually have the Rock and Roll Express on my show, I'm great friends with Ricky Morton and uh, Robert Gibson. As a fan, man, they were probably one of the greatest tag team of all time. I went to the Hall of Fame in WWE to see Beth Phoenix get uh, inducted because uh, I hired her into WWE and then also just for the Rock and Roll Express because I'm a total fanboy. And, you know, it's funny, uh, myself and uh, Bully Ray are talking, he's just like, I'm just going to sit back and watch Rock and Roll Express do their thing. And uh, it's 
for me to be able to showcase them and as well as they've they're actually debuting at the ECW arena the next night and I was like because they both wrestled in the original ECW and but I was like wow you guys have never wrestled there like nope and I was like and they're excited and to have WWE Hall of Famers men knocking on 60 to be excited about something in wrestling when they've seen and done it all that's really really cool to me yeah, that is very cool. And uh, John and I actually just did an event in Richmond, Virginia, that the Rock and Roll Express were on. It was the rebirth of the Crockett Cup. And still, I don't know if it was this Hall of Fame induction that kind of reinvigorated them because they've been hitting it hard for years and years and years. But you can see the life in the Rock and Roll Express right now. And every place that they walk into, I mean, it's bringing it back to the 1980s. And you see Ricky Morton leading the way. And I can only assume that for that rabid ECW Arena fan base, those Philly fans, Ricky Morton's going to get nothing but love from the Philly faithful. Absolutely. They're, uh, you know, it's funny. He always said it was the first time he ever got booed when they were wrestling uh, the Midnight Express. But, you know, that was back in the day. And uh, I would equate that to Bailey getting booed last night where it was just like, huh? But, uh, you know, I've seen Ricky Steamboat get cheered at that arena. Brooklyn Brawler got one of the largest pops at the arena. We're wrestling fans and they have nothing but respect. And uh, work-wise, man, I was on a show with them about six months ago, hit the double drop kick. Ricky Morton did a dive. And I was just like, what are you doing? And he was like, I love this business, man. And whenever somebody has that passion, I want to, uh, I want to uh, show it. What I also find really cool is not just uh, a group like the Rock and Roll Express or the Spirit Squad. I mean, just the names that pop out off your poster. I mean, it's literally like you could imagine every free agent or every uh, hungry, independent, big name that you want to see on a card is on a House of Hardcore card. And, I mean, just looking at the talent that you have lined up for the weekend, is there anybody outside of the Rock and Roll Express that you're just dying to watch and see them compete in the House of Hardcore? Sure. Uh, Petey Williams, who... uh left he was probably on all my early shows he got a really really good job and he pretty much left wrestling and he never said he was retiring and he just said you know hey i i got a good gig and you know i didn't he just wanted to leave i guess because he had to because of his family and then he just hit me up man maybe less than a month ago and he was like hey i really have the itch again I see you have some shows. Can you find a place for me? And I was like, of course, because PD man, he was one of those guys who went out there and, and yes, he had TNA television behind him. He's the inventor of the Canadian destroyer, which is a flipping pile driver, which I have no clue how he still does it. And a lot of guys have attempted it and I've seen it just be like gross now, but that move was just so next level when it first debuted and for him just come back just really because of how talented he is and the human being he is, then it was like, yeah, of course. And, you know, I have a lot of surprises for both places. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited, man. You know, I'm excited for, for myself, the performer, the main event we wrestled in Australia and did that was, myself, MVP, and uh, Jack Swagger. And when we had that match, I always want guys to bring it to me, and they brought it to me. 
and I loved it. And uh, the match was so good. I was like, you know what? The match was so good. I want to showcase it in, uh, you know, another one of my shows in the States. And I had the opportunity when, you know, guys are free and we were able to do that. And because uh, I have, I have pretty much assisted both of them in their WWE careers. And it's, it's really, I'm blessed to be able to do that with guys. And, you know, my MVP usually is Sammy Callahan for the amount of, great wrestling that he brings and he's going to have the first time ever to quote my good friend uh, Bully Ray first time ever that match is going to happen uh, at I play and uh, who else is going to be there Bobby Fish who uh, is now no more he'll be in uh, NXT now and uh, so he's kind of finishing up so he'll be he'll be there and he'll be taking on a guy who works a lot in ring of honor and, and from new, uh, New Jersey area is Rhett Titus who has dude, I'm the biggest Rhett Titus fan. And for when I see someone with that talent and what he does behind the scenes, uh, and how hungry he still is, I'll take 10, I'll take one, 10 Rhett Tituses over anybody who doesn't, he, that kid goes out there and busts his butt every night. So I'm I'm excited for everything, man. Uh, you know, when you're putting these things together, it's my money. But I add, then have to think for as a businessman. Then I also think, what would I want to see, and what would the fans want to see? So that's kind of how I put it together. And I went a little over budget, but uh, it's okay because I know the return is going to be huge. And now, uh, so I'm happy. You know, and I got to just piggyback with you on the Petey Williams return because uh, recently uh, I believe Virgil actually attempted a Canadian destroyer. So we need Petey to get back and show everybody how it's done the, <laughs> the correct way. <laughs> I saw uh, somewhere online somebody, this really, really big, big man, uh, he was like, you know, knocking on 400 pounds. He hit one and he kind of landed on his own back and. I was just like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's a move that, when done correctly, is amazing, but when it's not done correctly, it's kind of eh. But, you know, again, for, for Petey Williams, he, I trust that, though he has not wrestled anywhere, he said, hey, I got myself booked on a local indie just so I could get my ring in ring shape, and I'm actually going to a wrestling school because he has pride in himself, and I know he's physically in good shape, but being in ring shape is totally different, and, you know, Petey has that pride and that passion that, you know, I kind of want to always, always jump on with guys. You know, everyone knows my, my slogan, no politics, no BS, just wrestling, and that's that's when I pick that roster, that's what I want. I want guys like that. Guys are going to go out there and work super-duper hard. And when we last talked to you, I believe you were gearing up for the plans and the expansion over to New Zealand, Australia, and that, that huge tour that you just completed not too long ago. So I guess is that what your wildest dreams were when you put this together, or was that something that you kind of fell into? And obviously uh, to get over there for a fan base that would do literally die to see any kind of wrestling uh, of this caliber, the American caliber, uh, was that, like I said, kind of beyond your wildest house of hardcore dreams? Yes. Uh, I knew because I had been there a bunch of times uh, for indies, and my my friend who had a wrestling promotion there, he said, what about bringing house of hardcore here? And 
We literally do just like I play. We asked the fans. I asked the fans what, if they wanted to see it. We got a loud reaction, and he's like, I'm willing to, to take the investment. I'll I'll do it. And I said, cool. And we did it. We sold out Melbourne. That was uh, two years ago. And then he was like, hey, man, would you like to do five cities? And I was like, well, holy crap, of course. However, you know, uh, how are we going to do there? And we budgeted out everything, how we have to do attendance-wise, all that stuff. And we were beyond, I was beyond shocked because I don't have television. I don't have things that I want. And then it's uh, when we went there and, you know, out in Sydney, Australia, dude, we quadrupled our expectations there. We had over, I think it was like 2,300 people uh, there. And just to see how many people and, and how thankful they were. And then, you know, it, there was one show that we were worried about because the advance wasn't so good. And then the day of the show, we had – we turned people away. We couldn't fit any more people. It was a smaller venue. Uh, we couldn't fit any more people legally in the venue. And just stuff like that to me means the world to me because they're just like, hey, are you going to come back next year? Uh, Business-wise, uh, you know, WWE has uh, piggybacked off it, and uh, that's cool. And I will continue my pace to keep on doing what I do. I, you know, when you set a stranglehold on the indies, uh, I don't and I don't ever want that. I want to just show the world my vision of professional wrestling. I don't want to keep returning to the same towns. I'm not I'm not looking to ever take over. I plan on winning, winning the Mega Millions tonight. It's like over $300 million. We're going to win that tonight. Thank you very much. You're here first. And then uh, even if I did, I would never go against the WWE or go against anything, because I love wrestling, man, and I was watching Mid-South Wrestling on the network today. Uh, I was also just watching Ring of Honor, and uh, I love it, and I just want it all just, I grew up in the territory era, and I want everyone just to experience the greatness of everybody's different vision of wrestling, and this just happens to be mine. I mean, we've watched this, you know, evolve. We watched it from the first show through, obviously, what you got going on over the weekend. And we've seen, like, exactly what you just said, seeing the different cities that you go to, kind of toying with, you know, how you're going to uh, maybe continue a feud onto one, from one city onto the next and, and having the challenges of being the promoter, also performing on the show. Uh, is there, like, is there, do you have a, quote, bucket list of, uh, venue you want to go to? Do you want to bring it uh, to other markets overseas? Like, what would you say, you know, the quote, the top of the bucket list would be for, you know, what the next, I guess, you know, two years would bring House of Hardcore? Oof. Uh, bucket list would be Japan, uh, then the UK. Uh, I feel UK may be a little oversaturated right now, but uh, that would be a great bucket list for me. But Japan is, you know, when I got into wrestling and started wrestling, I was the biggest New Japan fan and the biggest All Japan fan. And that's, I really didn't want to go to WCW or WWF. I wanted to go work over there. I just love that style. And for me, that would be, you know, that would be like, wow, I, I brought it all over here just like I did Australia. Um, I'm continuing my path. I'm not rushing it. 
I was doing monthly shows. Uh, I was just going to take off July and January just because of July is usually way too hot, and I also like to have some sort of a life. And January, you always run the risk of weather. And then, uh, like, September, October, I wanted to return to, like, Pittsburgh and Cleveland where we had good shows, but then uh, NXT is going there, WWE is there, then Ring of Honor with New Japan. So, it, you know, they have the luxury of having television and all that stuff. So I have to pick and choose, and, you know, timing is everything. So uh, after these shows in August, and then I have one in Geneva, Illinois, I'm taking off because I'm, I've been working on a lot of really, really cool stuff, and I think uh, I'll pick back up in November. And I already have November and December planned out, and we'll take it from there. Do you find it harder nowadays to book the shows and all that other stuff, given the Ring of Honors, New Japan breaking into the U.S., NXT, always got to watch out for WWE? Do you find it harder for House of Hardcore, or is it good? You found the niche, and there's no problem you know, booking. Booking is easy. It, guys' availability is one thing. Uh, you know, like this show, at first, I was like, man, what am I going to do with this? And then all of a sudden, I have a lot – I have – I, when I tell you this, I have too many people for these two shows. And I was like, okay, the fans are going to see two great things. And guess what? The only way you're going to be able to see uh, these shows, this is not going to be on any streaming device. This isn't going to be on any – it's just going to be – you have to attend it to see it. And even more when we're talking about uh, taking a risk, I've not advertised one match for the arena, and my advance is huge. And I did that purposely. I wanted to see what I had. And I also want to see how much my fans trust my what I'm doing. And I was like, okay. And, you know, I, I write stuff on Facebook and uh, just to say, hey, guys, all of these shows are leading up to the next one. So we sit back and watch. And I said, hey, you, you look at everybody on the poster. They're all going to be there. I got a bunch of surprises for you. And if that doesn't... Uh, wet your whistle, hey, guess what? The Rock and Roll Express will be there. They've never wrestled in that building as a tag team. Uh, guess what? Say goodbye to Bobby Fish, who was not a huge House of Hardcore guy, but he was a huge Ring of Honor guy, and he wrestled in that building a million times. I love, love, love to be able to offer people a goodbye and let them say goodbye to their audience that has watched them grow, and I'm happy as can be for Bobby Fish. I wish I had Kyle O'Reilly. I do not. But uh, Bobby Fish, I've known him for a long, long time, and I'm happy he's finally able to, uh, you know, go to NXT. And that's cool. The more people, this is House of Hardcore, 33, 34, 35 are all coming up. And uh, I was doing something to lead to something else. And my friend went, and he went through all, and he goes, you know, uh, 39 people that have wrestled for you uh, are now working for WWE. I was like, oh, that's cool. At first, when it would happen, I would get mad. And now I'm like, great, I will find more stars or I will use this as a different platform until until I'm able to sign guys to contracts, then I'm okay with it because awesome. And then I remember for some guys, they got a lot of good breaks and got to a hang out and work the arena and work a lot of cool places and have a locker room. Our last show where we were at the arena, when you walked back through that curtain, you had 
Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, Christian, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and they were watching the show, and they were watching guys. And when you have that availability at your disposal, that is priceless. I should start charging wrestlers to work for me on my shows because you have all that veteran leadership <laughs> and guys wanting to watch that show. So watch your match. And, you know, perfect example, Christian took Alex Reynolds uh, and talked to him for a good 10 minutes. And, you know, on that same show, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was there, and he, he talked to one of the guys, and he did, you know. So it, that stuff is invaluable. Why I love it is because every time Tommy Dreamer, back in the day, would walk through that curtain, he would have Paul Heyman, he would have Terry Funk, he would have Mick Foley, he would have Kevin Sullivan all helping him to try to become better. And I love that. That's the way I give back to the business that I love. Pretty amazing, you know, that, that you yourself have become an influence as, as well as, you know, Christian and Ricky Steamboat, obviously. But guys like Paul Heyman and Terry Funk and Mick Foley and Kevin Sullivan, quite a learning tree to be under. When you really look back at, you know, the original ECW and when you came up, could you think of like any better of guys to be basically you know, being your teacher, mentor, coach almost? Yeah, and plus, you know, it's funny when, the original ECW started, man. We, it was just an indie. It was a company that was running once a month or once every other month. And then we started just keep on building. The beauty of uh, ECW, you can watch it on the WWE Network. Uh, there's your plug, WWE. And uh, you can watch the company grow. If you watch those TV tapings and you watch the dates, and it's all chronological on the WWE Network, you can watch the audience grow and grow. Uh, you know, I say this all the time. My debut match was against Taz at the ECW Arena. There was like 34 people there. And, you know, we uh, did pretty good for ourselves. But having that leadership, and it helped guys like Tommy Dreamer, uh, Bubba, Devon, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Taz, you name it, it, it helps so many guys. Or, you know, Paul, I remember I was I remember it like it was yesterday, man. Paul told Steve Austin, Here you go, talk. Just vent whatever you want. You know, I, it's funny, me and Chris Jericho, who were great friends, and Chris Jericho has had besides some of the greatest matches of his career, I remember going to Chris Jericho and telling him, Hey, don't do this, don't do this here and he was like, Okay, you're right and he reminded me of that recently and he was just like, You were hundred percent right then. And I was like, you know, stuff like that is just, I got, my favorite thing, and there's there's coaches, and I've said this to everybody uh, when I do seminars and everything, uh, Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in baseball. Though he's hurt right now, he's the highest paid player in baseball. And you know what? Clayton Kershaw does not throw a perfect game every single time he goes out. He does not throw... Uh, no hitter every time he goes out. Guess what? Guys get hits off him. Guys, he even loses. And he's the best at what he does at something that's very hard to do, and that's throw a ball in between a certain square uh, to get guys out and or strike them out. But guess what Clayton Kershaw also has? He has a catcher who will tell him, hey, pitch it this way. He has a bullpen coach. He has a pitching coach. He has a manager. So he has all those people trying to make him better, and he's the best at what he does. So I've had that. I try to give that back. And if I can't, I have other people who, you know, I, 
so many people sit. Like Matt Hardy used to just sit at the curtain and watch guys' matches when me and Matt are going to get ready to wrestle later on that night. Bubba will continue to watch matches. Uh, even Christian. Christian, who hasn't attended an independent wrestling event forever, he just he wanted to hang out and chill in the back and watch it. And I said, can you be my eyes? And if you see something that you like, tell me. If you see something you don't like, tell me. Better yet, tell them. So I love that. That baseball analogy is definitely great. And when you think back to ECW and kind of equate it to House of Hardcore, do you get that a lot? A lot of people saying, is ECW like House of Hardcore? And then you kind of have to tell them, well, check it out and, you know, really see the difference of how it's not really like ECW? Uh, yeah, well, that kind of went away. It's If you put two people that were wrestled in ECW together, it's a spontaneously ECW chance breakout. It just happens. It's a it's a weird uh, occurrence. And uh, But if you do... When I first ran the shows, it was, oh, you know, there were still, like, ECW revivals uh, going around. I was like, guys, this is not an ECW revival. Yes, Tommy Dreamer's on the show, the Dudleys, Rhino. These are guys who can still go. A lot of guys still can't go who are from, you know, the original ECW. We're getting older. Uh, that passion and that love for the business continues, and uh, we have caught some of that ECW magic, especially in that building, but, you know, the this is the next ECW. Nope. Those moments that I got to witness firsthand, I love giving moments to fans now. And that's the ultimate comparison to say it was like ECW. I don't, I don't want to change those moments forever. I just want to create new moments. If you talk to uh, a person who was there, an older person who was there when Hank Aaron hit his uh, great, 755, awesome. I can remember when Barry Bonds hit 756, and I, that's a new memory for me. I can remember both moments, but, man, I remember where I was, all that stuff. I, I just want to keep on creating new moments for wrestling fans. Now, when you think back, and so, you know, if you go old school a little bit and think back about the original ECW, you can't help but think of certain guys. Like you said, when you when you see House of Harker, you see Tommy Dreamer, you can just spontaneously, it's like ECW, ECW coming out. But what about old school ECW? When you got a guy like, you know, like the flip, for instance, let's just say the franchise, Shane Douglas, you know, what are your, your thoughts going back and looking at the old ECW and looking at a guy like him? Could there ever be another franchise, let's say, in House of Hardcore? Or is it one of those things where it's just like, you know, you leave the past in the past and you try to create your own, you know, your own momentum in your, in your own future? What I do is I let men be themselves I let women be themselves I'll give them a little creative direction and go out there and perform I got that creative freedom and so far nobody has uh, let me down to talk about the emotion of the last time my last shows were it was the Hardys versus Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer which it, it was four shows to get to where I wanted I knew where I was going to go and it was in a great emotional night. We got to say goodbye to the Hardys. They were, you know, they were WWE Tag Team Champions, all that. It was awesome. That wasn't my main event. My main event was Sammy Callahan versus Pentagon. And they destroyed it in the ring and became a better main event. So stuff like that, I love it. And I went to Sammy Callahan before the show, and I, and I asked uh, him and Pentagon, can you top this? And like, let me get back to you. <laughs> and then 
Five minutes later, Sammy came back to me with, we're going to top it. I said, good, I want you to because we're a hard act to follow. And he did, and I love that. If he didn't, guess what? Because back in the day, it was an honor to main event uh, an ECW show. I want guys to be the main events of my show and earn it. So that's, to me, that's that that type of stuff is how it is. I You know, I don't have... The, the greatest part about Shane Douglas when he was, you know, I just watched the old November to Remember video on YouTube, and I was like, wow, look how young Shane was. But what he was saying and doing was revolutionary at that time. And all these different guys were coming in, coming out. Until I have the ability to sign guys, give guys, or be on a bigger platform for everyone to see it, I'm just going out there and you're going to have a great time at the show, you're going to have a great time Friday night, you're going to have a great time Saturday night. Uh, so that's kind of how I go about it. I don't go, well, this happened last month, so this is going to happen now. No, this is just this is just going to happen, and you need to be there. And you always seem to be, you know, right in the thick of things in the house of hardcore. Who is kind of like your, who would you say is like your raven, if you will? You know, that big feud, that that, that blood feud. Is Would it be, you know, maybe in the past, like I like EC3 or something like that. Who's been like your, you know, your quote unquote, your new raven in house of hardcore? Oh, uh, no, nah, I don't have Me and Matt Hardy, we had something really, really special. Uh, me and Ethan Carter had something special. Me and Eric Young, me and Bobby Roode. Uh, it's, I've been blessed to be able to piggyback a lot of stuff or, you know, when I was doing stuff with TNA or, you know, let me tell you about some of my favorite matches from House of Hardcore. Uh, me versus Cody Rhodes for the emotional aspect. His father was my hero. I hired Cody into, into WWE and I love Cody Rhodes' work and what he has become post WWE. Um, or me and Billy Gunn in Australia was the main event versus the Young Bucks, and it was, I built it, the old Bucks versus the new Bucks that don't give a half. <laughs> and they actually put that on the poster over there, and I, I joked about it. I do a lot of joking on my Facebook, and, I, and then when I saw advertisements for it when I went to Australia, I go, dude, I was only kidding. I go, and, they, you know, they at least put a star on the F, F star, the rest, but I was just like, but for me to be in the ring with, with the Young Bucks and have the match that I was able to have with them as well as with Billy Gunn, and Billy Gunn is 53 years old, and, you know, from there he went and worked Tanahashi for New Japan. Uh, it, was, it was the next week, and, and for us to continue to give stuff like that, I don't have, like, feud feuds like that. Me and Matt Hardy was as close as a feud that I can get, and but we, I knew, uh, I, I always tell that I have guys who are under a verbal contract, and I was just like, guys, if I have a show, just basically know that you're on it until you see that you're booked somewhere else, and then I'll figure something out. But most guys, I'm blessed that then they're open, or they just want to work for me and House Hardcore. That is great, and I just got to, you know, kind of. I know we're talking about House and Hardcore and some great matches there, but I got to sneak in a Raven question just for a second. Were you ever, you know, obviously you ended up beating him the one time, but were you ever going to beat Raven? Because he, he always says that he never wanted you to beat him and you never should have beat him. What was up with that? You were, you know, like the, almost like the lovable loser, like the, the Cubs there. You're, you, 
you know, for except for until last year, but you were almost like the Cubs or, or the Red Sox until they broke the curse. It was like the curse of Raven. You were never going to get that win. Uh, well, one, back then, it was awesome for storyline. My favorite part of the Raven feud is all the characters that came from it. And you, you think about the talented men and women. It was Raven and Dreamer, how it was supposed to be. And then, oh, here's Stevie Richards. Oh, wait, here's Beulah McGillicuddy. Oh, wait, here's the Blue Meanie. Here is Nova. Here's Brian Lee out of nowhere. Here are the Pitbulls. All these guys spawned, uh, and women, Francine, all of them spawned from that feud. Uh, most fans don't realize this, and it was kind of like an asterisk. Raven's, Raven was only supposed to be a three-month uh, three feud for Tommy Dreamer, and Paul did not trust Raven, but then he became one of Paul's favorite characters. And the first night Tommy Dreamer and Raven ever worked was a show in Maryland, and I pinned Raven one, two, three in the middle. And Paul was like, hey, you're going to do this. And he was always like, we're filming the show, and just in case we'll show it, because he didn't trust Raven or trust that Raven would do the right by him. And uh, But I didn't want to beat Raven when Raven was leaving uh, to go to WCW, because I knew he would eventually come back, and we could have continued it. But Paul was like, hey, you need it. So that was that was the big, uh, I guess, controversy, all that stuff. But I wanted to continue it because, and it it would have shocked everybody if he beat me on the way out, too. But if you talk about the beauty of professional wrestling, everybody knew he was leaving, and yet they were still biting on all the false finishes when he was pinning me and I was kicking out. They're like, oh my god, like we they were on such a roller coaster. They didn't know what was going to go on until we finally did it. And then once I finally beat him, lights on, lights off, it was Sabu, it was Rob Van Dam, it was Jerry the King Waller. So one act uh, left, and here came a new act for me and Jerry Waller. And uh, that's that was the beauty of then. Same with when the Dudleys left. You know, Dudleys on the night they were leaving, they won the ECW Tag Team titles. And everyone was like, what is going on? And then here came Raven to uh, bother me for another year of my life. <laughs> so that was that was just pure. That's pure genius. I love it. Three months turns into a two-year feud, turns into another extra year of teaming, and, and then another feud. Uh, pretty great. But, you know, you mentioned Jerry Lawler, and I can't help but think of uh, the Icons Collective Fest also this Saturday in Philly during the day. And Lawler will be making his coveted return to the arena. Yep. What do you think about Jerry the King Lawler back at the arena? Well, I don't think we'll need... That was probably one of the closest times where I never... Him and Shane Douglas throwing down uh, Pitbull Gary when he was in the Halo were the closest I've ever come to this is no longer safe to be performing. And, you know, I where even the wrestlers in the back were worried that, hey, we're, I, we had a lot of riots, but then there's like, we're not going to win this one. And that was the closest. Uh, wrestling has changed and is a lot different now. But uh, Jerry Lawler will be received just like he should be, like the king. And he always, uh, he always tells me his number one selling picture is a picture of him choking me uh, and things. So I'm going to have to finally hit him up for all that missed revenue uh, that he has gotten off of me and his pitcher or people are going to finally going to get the Tommy Dreamer, Jerry, I'm going to be able to finish his pitcher uh, that he always sells. 
you know, what's great about, you know, you and what you're doing, it's almost like you're bringing all these guys back to the arena one way or another, whether it's for House of Hardcore or even for the uh, Icons Collectors Fest, obviously with Rob and, and Tim also helping out. But Jim Ross will be with us, obviously, that day, which is great for us. But first yeah. ever time in the ECW arena, what would you, you know, what are you going to say to Jim? Like, hey, uh, where have you been all these years? Or, or what do you think the experience is like for him? He's never been in the arena before. JR is a student of the game. He's also a fan. JR is going to love every second of it. And, you know, I'm happy to – I haven't seen him. I've talked to him, but I haven't seen him uh, in a while. And just to have him there, you know, when you talk about bucket lists and dreams, I, you know, have JR call one of my shows, that's a dream. Put Joey Styles and Jim Ross together one day, that's a dream. I have a lot of dreams, and I will keep on dreaming – and I would keep on, you know, fighting the fight for, for what we are. Why are we doing this? Because the wrestling fans listen to it. Because we're so there's so many wrestling fans out there, and I'm still a fan. Now I, I know we kind of brushed on this before the last time you were on, but you know, being the ECW champion when you kind of were obviously in the mix. Obviously, Mike Awesome, there was some controversy. Taz came back in, and that whole thing. Did you ever want to be ECW champion, or was that one of those things where, like, yeah, you're the face, or one of the faces of ECW, you just don't need to be champion, almost like Jake Roberts, you know, in, like, the WWF right. back in the day? Yeah, no, I never wanted to be champion. Uh, I fought Paul on that decision a lot. Uh, basically, one, I never wanted people to think that, you know, I got the title because I was friendly with Paul. And uh, as well as then it got to the point you didn't need it. You know, when Sandman won it, uh, at that time it was a building block for Sandman. I, I truly feel that you don't need a championship to be the face of a company. At that point, Tommy Dreamer totally didn't. WWE is a different animal. Uh, but in that time, in that era, yes, you did not need to, I did not need to be the champion. I didn't even have titles in my own company, and my own company's doing great. I know where I want to go, and I probably, I would never, ever win the title in my own company just because I don't need it, nor do I want it. Yeah, it was almost, you almost led right into my next question. I was going to say, will there ever be, you know, championships and titles in House of Hardcore? Yes. Uh, time. Timing and place here. My, I'm crazy, and uh, if you are a champion and you represent a company, uh, traveling around the world is one thing. But you know, if that person is recognizing your brand, and then you're working an independent company, and you know you have to lose because a lot of independent companies book with their egos or hey, this is my champion. It, I don't do that. It's just also like uh, storylines or stuff like that, if you don't have the proper media to show your content, you know, who cares who's carrying this man's title right now? I, it, you know, it doesn't really mean much. Now, we've gotten on our show so many different opinions and stories. Like, we talked, obviously, we talked to Shane, we talked to Mikey Whipwreck, talked to C.W. Anderson, talked to PJ, talked to so many different guys. We never got this kind of opinion from you. The end of ECW, is that something you saw coming, or were you blindsided at all by the end? And, you know, what was your thoughts kind of towards the end of ECW? It's up. Uh, but, you know, life moves on, and, you know, the beauty 
of it if ECW every everything I don't want to say happens for a reason, but I think we're everyone was blindsided of it. There is still a huge void and gap, and just why it makes me the way I am. We never got to say goodbye, even though WWE. We had our one night stands. We had you know even actually today we're doing the show is the hardcore justice that I wrote for TNA uh, same day. And that was my final goodbye. And I told the people, this is it. I ain't doing it anymore. It's over. And uh, that whole, when you think about things that happen and how they reflect you, it's it's okay. You can't be bitter. You can't be, uh, there were great times. There are passionate times. There are some of the best times of my life. But <clears throat> it sucks. We move forward because if you're not moving forward, you're not moving at all. You just got to keep on going. Well said. And as we start to wind it down here, I know we talked about some of your favorite matches in House of Hardcore. Cody, obviously the match with Billy Gunn against the Young Bucks, talked about Matt Hardy. But what are some of the other, your favorite, you know, matches, maybe uh, back into your ECW days or even WWE days? Do you ever, you know, think back and, uh, you know, reflect fondly on some of your matches with ECW and WWE? Mm, I have some that stand out and it's, it's funny because whenever I talk to Mick Foley uh, or uh, when I do stuff on the Edge and Christian podcast, we talk about, I said to them, guys, me and Christian at times were some of my favorite matches. Anytime I did something with Edge or Edge and Mick Foley with Lita versus myself, Terry Funk, and Beulah, those were always on my lists, me versus C.W. Anderson, uh, there are so many matches that are so, so endearing to me. But then just me and Cody, one of my favorites. Me and AJ Styles from TNA, one of my favorites. Me and Bobby Roode from the arena or me and Bobby Roode uh, in TNA. Me and Eric Young in, you know, the arena. Me and Eric Young in, in TNA overseas. Uh, and I tell them, hey, guys, you're falling down in the list. you got to come back. we got to have one more match. Um you need to understand that uh, in Dern, they're all some of my favorites. You know, Shane Douglas, uh, Every this is all I've ever wanted to do since I was nine years old, and every time I step in that ring, I love it. If I have uh, a guy who's not that good, then I tell him, and hey, this is how you're going to get better. I'm a different person than I was in ECW because it was all about ECW, and I was so in the zone. When I was in WWE, and it's all, hey, I'm trying to make it now and take my career to the next level. You know, or, or you know, working with Rob Van Dam uh, was super-duper special to me. Working with a young Randy Orton or then working with Randy Orton on ECW television, working with Batiste, I've worked everybody. And that, you know, when you're doing something for as long as you can, as well as, like I said, this is all I've ever wanted to do in my life, so I'm just... I'm happy at 46 years old to still be living my boyhood dream. And when I step in through those ropes, I have, I'm 25 again. I have a full set of hair. I'm a lot thinner. And I'm Tommy Dreamer one more time because I know it's not going to, it's not going to last forever. And I'm blessed to be doing it as long as I can. I got to say, as or a even, fan of ECW in the mid nineties, Tommy, you were the epitome of cool. We definitely all thought that the theme music, the look, we all wanted that goatee. We all wanted to be Tommy Dreamer at some point in our teenage years. But before we get to this last plug here for House of Hardcore, we got to mention this. 
Coming up in September, you're going to be joining Subway Keensburg for the one-year anniversary, and it's near and dear to our John's heart here. So I'd be remiss to ask you, are you looking forward to enjoying some Subway sandwiches on the one-year anniversary of the Subway Keensburg location? My favorite meal on the road. I've been dieting, and I'm doing something called Sensible Meals, which is great, and if anyone wants to lose weight, I'm not like a... Robbie E., who promotes anything, he would promote dog poop if you uh, asked him <laughs> to on social media. He'd be like, this is the greatest dog poop ever. I only, produce, I only promote products that I use. I've been sensible meals. They've helped me lose weight. My favorite meal on the road is a flatbread wheat, egg white, and turkey with uh, four tomatoes, because I always say four for the four horsemen, and spinach with Southwest sauce. I, I have sometimes gone weekends where that's all I ate, like three a day. I could be the new Jared uh, and not go to jail. The <clears throat> subway is my favorite. And then even on the other part, my daughter, her if she could eat subway every day, she would. It's her favorite thing. When I sent her that poster... She was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. I was like, I wrestled at WrestleMania. You were, when I just went back to Madison Square Garden and wrestled the day after Christmas with the Wyatts, and uh, you were there, you were like, can we go home soon? I'm tired. But because I'm on a subway poster, my daughter thinks I'm really, really cool. So that is awesome to me. It's very cool. I think the fans will come and watch uh, Tommy Dreamer enjoy some Subway, but also they will share with you that Robbie E. has already graced the hallowed halls of the Subway Kingsburg location, so they will also share those memories with you as well. He's the worst. Ever mention Robbie E. and me in the same sentence because, again, Robbie E., he's, doing, he's promoting his children. I just saw him curling his children for muscle and fitness. He's the worst. Anything Robbie E. says, do the opposite. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to that day, but we're also pumped for the weekend. It's going to be amazing at Icons, and it's going to be absolutely unbelievable at iPlay America on Friday night, the 11th of August, and then on the 12th of August at the arena, the 2300 arena, a huge House of Hardcore weekend. We've heard all about it. But, Tommy, before we let you go, please, one last plug for the House of Hardcore and also wherever the fans and the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip can find anything and everything in the world of the innovator of violence. Uh, the Tommy Dreamer on Twitter, The Tommy Dreamer on Instagram, uh, The Tommy Dreamer on Facebook, House of Hardcore on all the same as well. My Instagram is more for right now I have a huge snake problem in my backyard. I have three snakes by my koi pond. That's kind of that. I, uh, I love the fact that I'm able to talk to fans because you never were in life, and I usually respond to people. It's the time you dream across the board. Awesome, and we'll be seeing you this weekend. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. And, of course, as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.